0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is the show where we choose a genre every month and then we pick, hopefully, the best of the best of that genre. So, I am your host, Otis, and I am joined, as ever, by Katie. Hi. And Greg. Yo. And it is now the beginning of a new month, and for last month, we did heist movies, and Greg and I were sitting around trying to figure out you know the next genre we wanted to do and it's funny because we talked about with Ambulance that movie was the end product of the heist and everything fucked around and it reminded us of Reservoir Dogs and we're like damn Reservoir Dogs is a good-ass movie man that other Quentin Tarantino movie is a good-ass movie too damn we should just do a Quentin Tarantino month and so so shall it be said so shall it be done so now this month, we're doing Quentin Tarantino films. So I was doing a little bit of just fun facts about him. And I think this whole month, I'll just find more facts about him. I didn't know his middle name was Jerome. <laughs> he done, he done, he done no like wonder him. he loves Black people so much. Right. <laughs> He's like, I'm two fifths Black, y'all. So he is a avid Marvel fan. His favorite artist you know, obviously, everybody like Stan Lee, but he's a Jack Kirby kid and loves the MCU. He watches it and stuff. I'm surprised no one's like come up to him and be like, you want to do an MCU movie?
1: Mm, please, dear God, no. It'd
0: be good. Disagree. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Oh man. I
1: you know what I don't need? A superhero movie about feet.
0: <laughs> I'm feet man. I'm
1: fucking, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to see a single superhero's foot ever. <laughs>
0: So what? What Katie? What Katie Disney was, would not allow it. No, no. Uh, what Katie's bringing up is uh, he does have himself a fetish, a foot fetish. So in every movie, there are certain angles and scenes that will always pop up.
1: This, this in this movie we're talking about today is obnoxious. Yeah. Well, with the feet. And
0: Kill Bill it was like like a five minute scene of her like trying to wiggle her big toe. But yeah, this one I guess was more. But there's always a scene of feet, bare feet, just there. There's always a scene from, in, if there's a car involved, from the, the hood or the trunk looking up. He loves doing that angling in scenes and stuff. Uh, he loves long, one-shot scenes with people talking. He absolutely loves doing that. And in this scene, I want to say it was, what, 10 minutes uh, when the second group of ladies are talking about Zoe just being indestructible. I want to say it was like 10 minutes of talking and it's just one giant scene. So, But anyway, like I said, I'll come up with more fun facts. He's done so much stuff. He's a really cool guy. But today we are reviewing the second half of Grindhouse. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing Death Proof. So the original name for this movie was going to be Quentin Tarantino's Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. So in the credits, you see it for half a second. And then he went with Death Proof because Sean Penn, the actor Sean Penn, told him that, yeah, you can make any card Death Proof if you just built it up the right way. And he's like, damn, that was a really good phrase he just said. And then he came up with the idea of this movie. So with Grindhouse, like we've talked about in our earlier episode, we had Planet Terror. And that was Robert Rodriguez with help from Quentin Tarantino to make a zombie film. Girl gets a gun leg and they all go to Mexico to (laughs) keep those zombies away. And in the middle of the movie, we get commercials and then the second film. So with this, the first time we watched it, I was with, what, Terrell, you, Greg, Steve. Oh, I didn't know you. I forgot you were there, too. Yeah. Well, because I was sitting with you guys, but then Steve threw a shoe at Reggie, and hit him in the face. And then I moved like five seats down.
2: You don't want to be associated with (laughs) foolishness.
0: Yeah, I I, do, I wasn't going to get any peace watching this movie, so I moved away. And then Steve's like, oh, yeah. oh, you 2 good sit with us? And I was like, "Yeah, yes, I am.
2: <laughs> yeah, we rolled significantly deep for that film. Yes, we was, did. <laughs> oh, I was
0: very excited. So if you don't know anything about Death Proof, uh, you had to have seen it if you watched House, but it is a film about a stuntman, stuntman Mike. It's Kurt Russell who murders young women with modified cars that he sets up to be death proof. So like you can crash to a wall going 120 and you won't die. You'll get fucked up, but you will not die. And so if you're sitting on the correct side. Yes. Oh yeah. So it's just the, the story of him attacking women, and then he picks the wrong group of ladies to, to fuck with one time. And then it's just tons of car chases, tons of beautiful cars in this movie, and a, a lot of dialogue. So it was it was really fun. I, I love this movie. So uh, Katie, what did you think about Death Proof?
1: Mm, the second half of it is really good. That's all I'm going to say. Greg. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Go back. No, 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 no. That's it. The first half of this movie is absolute garbage. Garbage. Oh, huh? wow. Garbage. Every line of dialogue that comes out of those girls' mouths is trash every single thing that Quentin Tarantino chose to do with the way that he picked cameras on the girls. Like, here's a zoom in on their boobs. Here's this weird shot of her foot. Here's this weird thing. I hated every minute of it. Until they get to the second group of girls. The second group of girls is fire. I love Tracy Toms. I love Rosario Dawson. The kiwi girl who is a stunt man stunt girl is fucking amazing like the three of them together are great the fourth girl was like whatever she's there for like two seconds it doesn't really matter but the back half of this movie is fantastic and Kurt Russell did great throughout but that first part I can't I hate it and it frustrates me so much every time I watch this movie because you have to watch that first part of the movie to get to the good part of the movie Greg
2: I can understand it Um, so this film was probably, I don't know for a fact, but it was definitely one of his worst performing and took a lot of heat. Yes, Uh,
0: yes, it was.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing with the with this film and Quentin Tarantino in general, but I guess was really exacerbated in this one. I don't want to sound bougie when I say this but his use, one of the the critiques is the heavy use of elongated dialogues as far as conversations that don't necessarily pertain to the grander plot, which in all fairness, he does in pretty much most of his films, if not all. He does it all the time. (laughs) Um, I'd say that enjoying that Element of his films is very much an acquired taste. Like it's not for everybody. Um, but what I enjoy about that particular element is I feel like there are conversations that as you watch them, you either can either feel like you're a part of them, or it's always seems like such a group that that really sells to you and makes you believe that they are a genuine group of friends having a good old conversation. And that's something Otis, you and I with our group of buddies that we've had since for the last God knows 15, 20 years, that is something we very much enjoy. So for me to watch that on screen, it very much pulls me in and I enjoy it. It's like kind of being, a fly on the wall of a cruise conversation and just watching them enjoy themselves. Um, He does, and he's always done such a great job of blending his unique plots and writing to elements of film and television that he grew up loving and he wants to pay homage to. And the fact that I have this on DVD and I'm able to watch some bonus features, I have an increased appreciation. I've always loved this film, always, but I had have an increased appreciation for just how much he truly was paying homage, not just by stuntman Mike's character, who mentions, you know, I was a stuntman back when CGI wasn't used, and you really did really did your real stunts well. That's what this film was it was the real deal as far as the stunts, the driving, the speed at which they were doing the stunts. It's all real. So to see that stuff in action behind the scenes makes me appreciate it all the more. This is truly a, his tribute to, to stuntmen, frankly, and those shows that utilize stuntmen in a realistic setting back when he was growing up. So to mesh that with his, his unique plot making, as he always does, I really do enjoy it. And I enjoy I enjoyed it all the more, taking in a lot of the bonus feature vignettes and whatnot.
0: Oh, yeah. So Katie and Greg, they bring up a lot of the, the points that always pop up in Tarantino films. When we went in the grindhouse, I knew the first half was Robert Rodriguez. So I knew it was going to be absurd because the man helped make, like, From Dust Till Dawn, And Spy Kids, those movies are absurd. They're so different from each other, but you can tell it's a Robert Rodriguez film. And I knew that that half was going to be crazy. And I knew when Quentin Tarantino popped up, I knew it was going to be some some long dialogue, but it was just like Greg said, it always reminds me of my group of friends because we'll sit like that and we'll talk and we'll just talk and talk, but we always laugh. There's always something that makes us giggle out of something that we're talking about so every time i see and it's usually strong women uh except reservoir dogs that's the one film i think there wasn't any strong women Uh, i will say he does give ladies a real good shot in his movies they're usually not useless at least they're tough in certain ways but no it's it's always fun to see but yeah this movie did not do good and there was actually an interview where he says oh this is probably my worst movie if this is my worst movie shit i'll take it (laughs) he's like i like this movie a lot you know he he said it was fun he did say he probably tinkered with it a little too much and he's like yeah i probably i probably just touched it a little too much and just but he he says he loves the story just like he said this is zoe bell's like movie because she he gave her a role and someone else was actually going to do all the stunts, like the ship's mast and stuff. And she's like, "No, I want to do it." And he was like, "Okay, well, we'll get you a stunt person for some of the." And she's like, "No, I can do everything." And he's like, "Yes, ma'am." And so Zoe Bell, she was on the hood of that car, spinning around, trying not to fall off. Like she was like, "I can do it all." And he's like, "Okie dokie." But no, he—that's like one of his like good friends, Zoe Bell, and. and Ever since Kill Bill when she did the stunts for Uma Thurman, she was in fucking Xena doing stunts for Lucy Lawless. Like he's like this woman is amazing and it's like every time I have a movie, I will find something for. Her. In Django, she's one of the the evil cowboys toward the end when uh Django gets his guns back and just lights the room up real quick. She's like in the corner and just takes a bullet to the chest and goes down. He's like, "I got your roll." <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fun. Uh the cast of this movie, like Katie said, Rosario Dawson, Rose McGowan. Uh, is, her, is her name actually Sidney Portier?
2: Yes. That's just amazing. Instead of an I, it's a Y. She's his daughter. That's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, Tracy Toms, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's my girl that just fell asleep in front of that rapey Southern dude. <laughs> and Zoe Bell. So it moderately connects to Planet Terror technically this happens a few months before Planet Terror because when oh what's her name she's a go-go dancer cherry when cherry darling is driving with uh ray they hear on the radio it says rest in peace jungle julia mm-hmm. and when i remember hearing that I was like, who the fucks jungle julia and i'm like oh this movie's before oh okay all right on so it doesn't make sense why Rose McGowan's there twice, but I guess he just wanted to put her in this movie again. So, anyway.
2: well, actually, on some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, he does discuss a bit of that. She, he Tarantino wanted to use her, and Robert Rodriguez was at first a little hesitant, saying, like, "Well, I don't know if people are going to go. We just had her for mine. I don't know if we're going to go for having her in both." and Tarantino, you know, being the cinephile he is and knowing everything, you know, made the point that in a lot of these double features, you know, Grindhouse style where you had those back to back double features, you would have cast members who were featured in both. And then you'd have, you know, actors and actresses at the time that would, you know, pop up in films that were, you know, a month apart from each other. You just see them pop up constantly. And he brings up examples, including, you know, Pam Greer. So yeah. <laughs> you by by that argument made them more comfortable with it. So not only did they use her twice, but there are multiple people. Some that are just kind of in the periphery and don't actually have an actual role, but there are people that they use multiple people that they use both in Planet Terror and Grindhouse. Some people that are just were hanging out at that that bar who were also involved in Planet Terror in some yeah. sort of way. Multiple people though. They just created their own little world of of actresses and actors who who are part of that grind,
0: grindhouse feel? Yeah, I thought that was awesome. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a fun one. There are issues, but you know, Tarantino, no movie he makes is perfect. But we'll get into the story. But before we talk about Death Proof, we have a little, we have a couple of trailers to go over really quick. So, oh just, my god, just like at the beginning of Planet Terror, where we got machete and. Was it just Machete?
2: I thought they were all between the two. No, it's been it's been so long,
0: man. Yeah, it, it was at least Machete before Planet Terror, but I think that might have been the only trailer we got before Planet Terror. And I was like, what the fuck is that? A real what? What is this? <laughs> and everybody laughed. He's like, they fucked with the rug Mexican. I was like, hell yeah, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> and lo, and, lo, and lo and behold, yeah, he got a movie. So before Planet, I mean, Death Proof starts. We get werewolf women of the SS. So Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, they got Rob Zombie to come up with an idea. And so his ideas <laughs> are just werewolf women and Nazis. It's it's an absolute mess. And they get Nicolas Cage to play Fu Manchu. Oh, Lordy. And then he just laughs. It, it, it's a, a ridiculous trailer. But that was the moment where the old guy next to me gave up. He made it all the way through planet Terror, <laughs> and he goes buff, buff, what is this buff, uh, i can't and got up and probably got his money back though it's already been two and a half hours i don't know what he thought he was gonna get back for it but are you sure he didn't get up and leave after the thanksgiving oh it might have been that it was in this area where he started to get puffy like when he saw the werewolf lady with the with the fucking gun and the boobs out and stuff he started getting puffy might have been thanksgiving he gave up finally
2: I would would definitely understand Thanksgiving being the reason like no 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 no, that
1: trailer is a fucking mess
0: yeah he was fucking pissed so the second trailer we get is Don't and that's (laughs) by Edgar Wright so the person that made Shaun of the Dead and all the other cool movies with I'm about to call him Sean Penn Uh, Simon (laughs) Simon Pegg Sean Penn, Simon Pegg Jesus and all his friends and uh, it wasn't Voldemort but the first guy up front it was it might have, no, it's Lucius Malfoy, but he had dark hair. He's like, if you're thinking of opening this gate, don't do it. it yeah, there were some famous English people that pop oh. up for like five seconds in that trailer. And well, that
1: makes sense. This would have been around the time, well, no, because he still would have been doing Harry Potter, I guess, at that time. Jason Isaacs. Yeah. But it would have been, he might
0: have had a wig on. I don't know.
1: It was probably a wig. Yeah. Because I think his hair was blonde for a long time for that. But his natural hair color is dark. Yeah. I mean, and he was hooked. So I don't know when this movie came out, but in two thousand three, was... uh, seven. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, He had dark hair for Hook for sure.
0: And so the trailer for Don't—it's a, a homage to Dario Argento films, and so uh, they're good and they look foggy like that, like British films kind of got that angle to them. Though he's Italian, but he's all about weird eyes and ghosts and shit. That is Dario Argento hundred percent. So. Edgar Wright that was his take on a scary movie called Don't (laughs) I would absolutely watch that movie that was wild as fuck like that chick came out around the corner with an axe and that that lady's head just split in half I was like god damn (laughs) and then the third trailer probably the best was Thanksgiving and so that's Eli Roth one. that's a
1: hard disagree
0: it's funny (laughs) I gotta find the audio clip future Otis, go ahead man find it so Terrell and I, uh, we talk about it, and he, that was like one of his favorites, his favorite trailer, because Eli Roth is a wild boy, so I'll find that clip, and he he like goes through, we, we talk about the whole trailer, but. Here comes a new challenger!
1: No. I mean,
2: to be fair, the killer did attach grandma's head to a turkey,
0: and was fucking the turkey, while grandma's body was. Basted like a turkey, vagina full of stuffing on the table. Yeah. And man, that one girl did that split on the trampoline and got a knife up her yeah, vagina. Yeah, a knife in the cooter. Oh man, I would love to see that movie, Thanksgiving, by Eli Roth. I think it'd be the wildest okay. fucking movie. White me, dark meat, oh will be
1: carved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's an Eli Roth film, y'all. So people getting cut, uh cheerleaders bouncing on a trampoline, does a split, knife goes right up into her hoo-ha. And actually Eli Roth is in the trailer. He's Getting head in a car and he gets his head cut off. <laughs> and then the hero from the first hostel movie is in it and he makes out with the same girl that just saw her boyfriend die and then his head came off. And so <laughs> it's an absurd trailer which ends with the grandma's body stuffed like a turkey and cooked and then the killer having sex with the turkey with her head on it, I suppose. Um, I just remember being in the theater. And when that moment happened, we all just like laughed and just screamed. I was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. The most terrible trailer I've ever. Seen. It was horrible, but it was great. So I, all three of these movies, I would absolutely sit and watch them. So I'm sad Edgar Wright did not make Don't, but fuck it, bro. You, you got the good parts of it, just like Machete they said it was so easy making that movie because they did all the cool parts already they just had to fill out the talking stuff that's it and you know find more chicks to show their boobs because i think what uh from parent trap she was in it but Lindsay lohan they needed other people to show their boobs because she wasn't gonna show her boobs in a movie like that uh, so yeah we'll get through the story so we meet up with jungle julia she's a dj in austin texas and yeah they actually recorded in austin so and her friends, Arlene and... Sh- Ooh, I'm going to say it wrong. She got mad at that one dude for saying it wrong. It's Shanna Banana, not Shauna Banana. Shanna. Shanna. I was going to say Shauna so, so bad. Uh, and Shanna. So they are celebrating Julia's birthday. And so they meet up at this Mexican restaurant and they're drinking some, uh, just some drinks. They're drinking a lot of shit. And so they reveal that Julia made an announcement on her radio show saying that if anyone finds Julia that night and talks to Arlene and quotes a segment from the poem stopping by woods on a snowy evening. So that's the one was that frost.
1: Oh, it's uh, the road less taken by Robert Frost.
0: Okay. Yeah. So if they quote that and offer her a drink, she'll give them a lap dance. <laughs> and she's like i'm not giving anybody a goddamn lap dance
1: maybe it's a different poem stopping by it's woods. still frost yeah that's a different poem though stopping by woods on a snowy evening yeah because the the other one the one i said was the
0: oh the roadless the
1: roadless taken uh, it was like two roads diverged in a yellow wood yeah
0: yeah so but then you know julia's like well hey what if some <clears throat> hot guy comes up and then you can be like oh oh i didn't that didn't happen i'll give you a lap dance it works out either way. So they are at the bar and they're having a good time and they meet up with stunt man, Mike McKay. <laughs> and this isn't their first time seeing him. He's actually popped up a couple of times as they left restaurants around Austin. And he actually meets up with them as they're outside smoking some weed. And he's like, Hey, I've seen you before you're famous or something. And Julia's like, or something. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're on that billboard over by uh, Big Kahuna Burger. And she's like, yeah, that nice, nice uh, observation, Zadoichi.
1: And that one right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's like two feet away from us. Yeah, the
0: one right next to us. I love that she brought up Zadoichi. Oh, Quentin Tarantino, fun fact he loves the Zadoichi series. I also do too, Mr. Tarantino. And yeah. Big Kahuna Burger, originally
2: referenced
0: in Pulp Fiction. And uh, Red Apple, the cigarettes. That's in every Tarantino film. So. Someone's tried to explain that all the movies are in one world. I'm like, nah. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> There's zombies. There's in the a lot world. of
2: in-depth conversation on it, and they'll say that certain certain characters from certain films are actually related to other characters in other films. And
0: actually, watch. yes, because Bud from Kill Bill, he seems to be related to um, uh, what's his face from Pulp Fiction, Jules no uh john travolta's character is that yeah. is that jules
2: no jules is uh is uh,
0: samuel, samuel jackson L. yeah they're actually they have the same last name and so vega and so they're like wait are they are they related like yeah they're, they're brothers vincent like vincent vega vincent vega they're like really like yeah yeah they're related so he he says yes when people do connections He's like yeah they're related so uh, I have another fun fact I'll I'll bring up later about Kill Bill and Django, how they're connected. So um, Mike McKay, he's like, he sits down, he offers them a drink as they're about to leave. And then he does the quote, the Frost poem to, to Arlene. And she's like, no, I already already did the dance. And he's like, no, no, no one did it. No one offered you anything because you look hurt. And it's a shame because you're a very beautiful lady. So how about that lap dance? And she's like, nah. And he's like, do I scare you? And she's like, no, your car scares me. He's like, sorry, it's my mom's. it's like, well, (laughs) right, right, right. (laughs) Well, since I'm not going to get this lap dance, um, I do want to make sure that you I put you in my book. And it's like everybody I meet goes in the book and you're going in the book they're going that's in though yeah that's really weird he's a weird guy <laughs> and so he's like i just don't know where to put you i guess i'll follow you under chicken shit
1: <laughs> i would have just said cool bye like and walk the fuck away
0: <laughs> so arlene's like well stuntman mike i guess you need to get ready for your lap dance and i love he gets his little book and puts it on his mouth he's like, Ooh. <laughs> like he does a little laugh. And this scene is missing, but you can find it. It's like a de- deleted scene.
2: Uh, it depends on what version you have, because my DVD has it.
0: Yes, my Blu-ray does not. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, she does lap dance to the coasters down in Mexico. A damn she good song. Was, she
2: actually was a part of... Tarantino told her, like, There's, here's things I definitely want you to do. She's like, cool, now let me fill in the rest. So a lot of it was her her decision-making on what she was actually doing as far as the dancing was concerned. Like, it was her idea to crawl on the floor and
0: whatnot. and Yeah. That's fucking cool, man. And so... She did a good
2: job. She did a good job. Yeah.
0: So after the lap dance, and we pop back in, because it says scene missing, and I remember it was like, oh. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> we were so hurt in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, we'll see the lap dance. <laughs> 17-year-old me was so hurt. Yeah. So we meet up, with Rose McGowan's character and so everyone when we saw her, we're like what the fuck is she the same person but no she's asking for a ride home and Mike's like I've been having just virgin cocktails all night and eating these greasy fucking nachos all night it's like when I'm ready to go I'll tell you and then we can go so everyone seems to be leaving the bar and some man Mike opens the car for her what's her name I'm looking up real quick Pam Pam is her name. And Pam's like this car looks really weird and it's like it's, it's a stunt car and it's deathproof. This bad boy is reinforced. You will not die in this car. I'm like that's really cool. And so the passenger seat it's um when cars when they do scenes from the inside of a car usually the passenger seat is not a seat and they set up cameras in it. And so her seat's got this tiny little metal seat. <laughs> And like glass covering, or it's probably plexiglass covering the whole area. And she's like, That's really fucking weird in a car. And he's like, Well, stop Mike's like, Well, at least I won't be getting fresh with you trying to put my hand on your lap. You know, she's like, I guess. They get into the car. And before he actually sits down into the car, um, he glances at the camera and smiles. And I just remember in the theater, everybody laughed because we knew it was about to get real, because just, his aura the whole movie is like you're not a good person like we all know you're not a good person in this movie but just he, the way he looks at the camera he's like y'all ready to see some shit and i was like yeah <laughs> so he heads off and he tells pam he's like hey are you going left or right and she's like oh i'm going right and he's like uh well that sucks because we're going left and it's just it would have taken a lot longer for you to be scared so I'm going to start to drive now. <laughs> and he's speeding down the road, going stupid fast, swerving the car, making her slam her body all up against the place glass. She doesn't have a seatbelt in her car. She just has a tiny little metal seat. And so finally, he tells her, yeah, this car is deathproof. I was telling the truth, but you really got to be on my side to get that benefit. He breaks, hits the brakes as hard as he can. Pam slams her face into the, to the I don't know, dashboard of the car and dies. And then he watches her die, and he's like, well, time to go catch my other girlfriends. And I was like, oh, shit. And he pulls pictures of the girls from the uh, what, the headrest. Not the headrest, but the the visor. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you. It's uh, So uh, he drops them. So it, it just says that he's been watching these ladies for a while. And so the girls, they are heading... Toward the lake house to get even more high and drunk, and Julia calls one of the DJs that works overnight and tells him to put on a song by the band Dave D Dozy Beaky Mitch and Titch, and it's called Hold Tight. And it is a it's a real song, and that band is real. I watched something about Playboy when they were in Britain. There was a whole branch of Playboy, and they were like, "And here's the band Dave D Dozy Beaky Mitch and Titch." playing a song. I was like, oh, they are really fucking real. I'm like, that's really cool. So they play, you should look up, hold tight. It's a really good song. And so as they're jamming, going down the road, high as fuck, drunk as fuck, stuntman Mike speeds past them, hits this hard-ass 180 on the road, and guns it back at him. He turns off his lights, and then he slams straight into him. He turns his lights on at the last second and hits them going at least 100 miles per hour they do this scene five times it shows the destruction of every lady in the car driver gets the steering wheel into her chest and she dies easily jungle julia she has the affinity of leaving her legs outside the window she gets split in half and one leg flies out the car we get shanna shanna banana she flies out of the car and skids onto the street and arlene she probably had it the best the worst honestly the car one of the tires flies and skids onto her face and rips it all off and then stunt mike's stuntman mike's car crashes and that's it so we meet back up with mike in the hospital and then we find out it's the same hospital from planet terror because dr block is there so it's like oh holy shit and when she popped up i was like wait She was in the last movie and, oh, holy fuck, this is before Planet Terror. Like, that's awesome. And so her dad and her little brother or actually probably older brother, uh, Sheriff McGraw and son number one, Like they say that, obviously, Stuntman Mike did this for a reason. He killed those women with his car. He's like, well, dad, what are we going to do? And he's like, I can't do anything. It's like, the courts don't see that it's a crime they just you know the girls had alcohol and marijuana in their system he was he was sober so we can't do anything there was a deleted scene or a scene that they didn't didn't even make and they have the sheriff say it but he says that stuntman mike probably gets his his jollies off it's probably the only way that he can like get off is by killing women in his car and actually they wanted to have a scene that after the accident, they were going to have Kurt Russell masturbating in the car as it's, like, jacked up. And they were like, eh, it's a little hand fisted If he's going to say it afterward anyway, then we don't really need the McGraw scene. But then that's the only scene that he's in. We'll take out the masturbating part and just have the sheriff say that that's the only way he can get off. So Sheriff McGraw's like, I guess we let him go. We, We can't do anything. We just, hopefully he doesn't do this shit in my town again so stuntman mike he scoots off and so 14 months later we're in tennessee and we meet up with abernathy hey it's
1: rosario dawson
0: rosario dawson that's her name and uh actress lee montgomery that's mary elizabeth winstead and they meet up with zoe bell she's a stunt woman and tracy toms she is
2: also a stuntman
0: yes she's kim and so they are having a break from a movie they're all on the same movie and then they meet up with zoe because she flew back in from just somewhere i think she's maybe home i don't think they really said that but they pick her up and you actually see stuntman mike he's taking pictures of them and in one scene where they explain that zoe is just indestructible and she falls into a ditch after warning Abby about a ditch. She falls in the same fucking ditch. <laughs> you see stuntman Mike in the scene and he keeps turning and looking at the ladies. There's a couple of the deleted scenes where they go into a gas station for drinks or to pee. And he is like walking up to the car, watching the girls that stay in the car. And Lee, she actually has headphones in. She's singing a song. And something and Mike is just standing there watching her, and I was like dang it's it's super duper creepy, so um,
1: I think that's probably the most unrealistic part of this movie is the fact that there were four grown women being stared at and stalked, and none of them noticed like women are taught to be hyper aware of weird things that are going on around you and strange men so it's weird that all four of them wouldn't have noticed that anything was wrong
0: yeah but i guess he's just that inconspicuous i guess it's really weird
1: i guess he looks like fucking santa claus i definitely (laughs) noticed a santa claus dude like (laughs) staring at me down the street like
0: hey you look like that guy from the thing (laughs) Santa, where did that scar from
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I know you from
0: the Christmas Chronicles? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> so Zoe tells all her American friends that she has one wish. Now that she's in America and she has it's the perfect moment. So she wants to test drive a 1970 Dodge Challenger. And they're like, okay, we could probably talk to somebody and get get you one. And they're like, no, 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 it's gotta be a white one with this engine. And they're like, that's very specific, Zoe. How are we going to get this car? And she's like, well, one is on sale nearby. So all you have to do is trick this guy into letting us test drive it. And I'm going to just go 200 down the road in it. And then we'll bring it back. That's all I want to do. And they're like, that's OK. Look, let's fucking try it. And so they get to the guy. Hey, it's Jasper from Kill Bill. Remember the guy that was about to have sex with Uma Thurman's unconscious body? and gets his fucking tongue bit out. Yeah, that's that's him. So this movie is even before fucking Kill Bill, I guess. I it like I said, it's all weirdly connected, but he's the one that um Mr. Buck was like, "Oh, here's a jar of Vaseline just in case." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no." So <laughs> um Abernathy actually gets him to say yes because he's like, "Well, while we're gone, you can ha- hang out with our friend Lee." he's like, why does she look familiar? She's like, well, she's an actress. He's she's like, well, why is she wearing a cheerleader outfit? She's doing a cheerleader movie. And he's like, is it a porn? And she's like, yes. Yes, it is. But don't tell her, because she gets embarrassed. <laughs> and so they wake up Lee and say, like, hey, we'll be back to pick you up later. And then they skid off. And then she's like, what? <laughs> Didn't they leave? <laughs> she says, gulp. Yeah, she does say gulp. <laughs> so... They scoot off and Zoe tells Abernathy that she actually wants to do one thing and she actually gets finally gets the okay from Kim because they want to play ship's mast. And that's one of these dangerous car things that you do that you just don't care about your life. And so with ship's mast, you attach belts to both sides of the car and you are sitting on the front windshield. You slide all the way down until you're laying on the hood of the car and you have someone drive the car really fast it is a very scary thing I've seen it happen Terrell had some uh some crazy gals on his car once I remember seeing it they weren't going super fast but he did do it so
2: I bet it's the same crazy gals that recreated that that lap dancing probably
0: (laughs) I didn't see that one but probably (laughs) So if, if, if it's the two, I'm thinking of. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah, yeah, We're we, yeah. <laughs> So Zoe is on the hood and she's having a great time. And Abernathy actually relaxes a little bit because she complains that Kim and Zoe, they never want to invite her to things because she's a mom. And they're like, hey, man, I can be fucking cool. Like, don't leave me out of shit. So they finally let her in. They're like, we about to do some stupid shit. Like, please just be cool. And so everyone's giggling. And Zoe's having a good time. And then Mike is watching from his binoculars with the biggest smile on his face. He's like, oh, my God, one is hanging off the hood of the car. (laughs) I'm about to fuck with them. So he starts slamming his car into their car. And Zoe, multiple times, loses grips. At one point, she loses grips of both of the belts and is just hanging on from some of the vents, the vent holes on the Challenger. Uh it's it's probably one of the longest stunt scenes. Like Jackie Chan would probably be like, Good job, because he do he Jackie Chan would have done some dumb shit like this easily. So So finally, after ch- trying to get away from him for a very long time, Katie said, well, Why don't you just stop the car? But you wouldn't have a movie if they just stopped the car. <laughs> but that's the right thing to do. Oh my I god. I thought of that. I yeah. thought of that, but
2: I guess you could argue that if they stop, then he could hit them with his car as they're stopped, so they need to get away, get some space before they stop? I don't know. I,
1: I, meant, I meant at the times when they were neck and neck right next to each other. Like, oh,
2: hit the brake so he can just be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, like,
1: like, and not necessarily hit the brakes super hard, because the girl would have, like, flown off, but slow down enough that he would have gone ahead of them and then, you know, get her in the car real quick, because they slowed down and then rammed the shit mm-hmm. out of him.
2: Yeah, I see what you
0: mean. (laughs) So after finally trying to chase this man off and then they end up uh, getting T-boned by the guy and Zoe gets thrown from the car and they stop. And so they're sitting there in shock and then Mike pops out of the car and he's laughing. He's having a great time because he thinks that he's terrorizing some, some really scared women. And he's like, well, I bid you adieu. And then Kim pops out of the car real quick and shoots at his ass and shoots him right in his fucking arm. And he's like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) He's so surprised that one of them had a gun and he scoots off and they're terrified because Zoe, she flew really far from the car into like just these the brush. Yeah. And then after a couple of seconds, she pops up and says, I'm okay. And they're like, Oh my God. (laughs) And Zoe pops back up smiling. Just like when, um, we were doing bad stuff and I disappeared and y'all picked me up and then y'all found me with a smile on my face. I'm like, what up? <laughs> you know, sometimes you do bad stuff and you survive. You're like, that was fun. <laughs> now let's go home. <laughs> but, uh, these, girls, these girls did
2: not go home.
0: Yeah. Zoe's like, who was that crazy guy? And they're like, I don't know. I shot his ass and the punk ass sped off. And Zoe's like, you want to go get him? I'm like, fuck Yeah. And they look at Abby and they're like, Abby, we're going to have to ask you to get out of the car because we're about to do some wild shit. And Abby's like, fuck that. Let's kill him. And they look at each other and they're like, let's fucking go. And so Zoe grabs a pipe and she hops into the car and they speed after him. So Stuntman Mike, probably one of the best scenes in the movie because the whole theater, it was laughing. There's such a tonal change in a movie. the 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 killer the the monster that's been chasing these women for the two hours in this movie he gets shot he gets hurt finally and he is screaming like a bitch in his car and he pulls out some booze he takes a big swig and he pours like the booze on his wound and he's screaming do "Do it do "Do it it!" it! (laughs) (laughs) he screamed like a big old bitch and i was like oh my god this dude is bitch made And then they speed up into him and rear end his ass real good. And he like spits out his booze and gets hit. Zoe hops out. She's like stabbing his ass with the pole and he gets away. And then, you know, just 30 minutes ago, 20, maybe 20 minutes ago, he was chasing them and they were terrified. But now Stuntman Mike is on, on the run. And the girls laughing and giggling are chasing this man down to kill him. It, it, it's, The probably one of the funniest ways to switch a movie up it's like a double turn in wrestling you know so they're chasing him down running through fucking boats and driving by cows and doing ramps and stuff and so finally and mike thinks he loses them and they're on this higher road watching him drive and they're like okay okay just got to make sure this road done dead end and we just drive into dirt and die as long as that doesn't happen we're fine it doesn't And they make it down to the road and they T-bone the fuck out of Stuntman Mike's car. And it rolls a couple times and it lands. They hop out the car. Stuntman Mike is halfway hanging out. This bitch screaming. (laughs) "Ah!" They pull him out the car and he's like, my leg's broken. Please be careful. And then they proceed to beat the shit out of him. They just like punching him in a circle. Just like Kill Bill when they beat up the bride before her wedding they do the same situation and then zoe does this sweet ass roundhouse kick and knocks him to the ground and then the end pops up on the screen and then after a couple of seconds they go back to the girls and abernathy she just pulls her leg up straight into the air and hits the heel on his face and his face just smushes in <laughs> and that's the end of the movie they kill his ass uh oh man just the switch was probably the best part of this movie, but Katie, who's your favorite character in death proof?
1: Rosario Dawson
2: <laughs>
1: she was the best she was <clears throat> um a little bit underestimated by her friends because she was a makeup artist rather than a stunt woman like the other two um but she came to play she was not fucking around she wasn't like she didn't freak out really during the Scene where the girl was riding on the hood, and um as soon as they got the girl back in the car, she was like, No, let's fucking kill this dude, I'm done. And then she face stomped him at the end. So Rosario Dawson for sure. Uh Greg. <laughs>
2: uh favorite character is Tracy Toms's Kim. Um <laughs> It's funny, I didn't think about this and I did I de- this definitely was not original thought on my part. Quentin Tarantino refers to her somewhat as a uh as a female Samuel L. Jackson in this <laughs> film in terms of her delivery of lines. And he says that like, you know what? That's absolutely true. <laughs> uh. And that's absolutely part of the reason why you like her. Her her delivery of lines comes off as so authentic someone you would think you, you know is a part of our own crew she comes off as just like such a homegirl really like that's- someone who keeps it absolutely real like that's just that's doesn't even seem like dialogue for me when it comes to her it seems like that's just your home girl keeping it all the way real with you so i absolutely love that about her <laughs>
1: that's really interesting because i actually hard disagree about her dialogue really yeah not like most of it was really authentic I think but she dropped the n-word in there a couple of times and both times she said it it felt really unnatural in her speech like there was like a weird pause and it just felt really out of place like I don't know
2: That's how we do it sometimes. That's how we do it sometimes though. It it don't always fit in terms of how we deliver it. I, for instance, take every single song that I sing and put the N-word in it somewhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's fine. It's it felt like how do I describe how it felt to me? Didn't
0: feel genuine because it wasn't her own words? Is that what you mean?
1: No it just didn't, it didn't flow with her speech pattern. Like with, like when she was saying motherfucker, 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 like throughout the whole, she said it like 800 times. It felt very authentic. Like everything that was happening, but every time she got up to the N word, like the two times she did it in the movie, it felt like there was a hesitation there. Like she didn't want to say it, but then she did say it to like keep pushing. It was very weird to me. And it stood out a lot because I've watched a lot of things with Tracy Toms and she doesn't, I don't know. It was just weird. I felt like that part was very awkward for me.
2: I also learned from this film, I guess not necessarily learned. Well, for me, it was learning because I didn't realize it that her and Rosario Dawson had done a couple of films together already. Yep. They were good friends. Rent. Yep. yep. In the, yeah in the in the in the, in the interview she actually mentioned rent as one of those films that they did together which i turned off rent so i hadn't realized it um rent's terrible by the way um oh, it's not. <laughs> we always agree on disagree on things like this so i'm not surprised well how, um, can
1: you, how can you think it's terrible if you turned it off you don't know
2: i turned it off because it would anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we always disagree on music we always disagree on music uh hey josh groban um <laughs> <laughs> they did the they went into the audition they prepared for the audition and they practiced for the audition and went into the audition together oh
0: so when, cool. when they
2: auditioned for this film and they did it in front of tarantino they basically read the they did the script that was already like made or whatever and rosario dawson talks about how much like they were really trying to sell themselves and like pump him up and say like deliver, like just really push themselves on him and how effective they would be together after they read the did the reading or Tarantino's like, you know what? I just, I've, it felt so real to him. It feels like, and, and, they, and they respond by saying, that's what, is that what we're trying to tell you. Like, this is us. We got this. Like, you want us. We're going to sell this for you. And Rosal- Dawson tells a story that she gets a call from her agent that she gets the part, but she didn't want to ask if, uh sorry, names escaped me, or if Tracy got the part because she said, I don't, I didn't think he'd actually actually know if she got the part or not. So I give her a call or she calls me and she asks, like, do you have did you hear anything? Like, yeah, I heard something. And she she commented on how she didn't want to necessarily say she got the part right away because she knew she didn't know if Tracy was asking because Tracy got the part or she did get the part I didn't hear anything. Yeah. So she's she's nervous and talking on the phone about it. And then she just, well, yeah, I got the part. And then Tracy Thompson yells out, well, I got it too. And they're celebrating on the phone together and <laughs> screaming and just going on about with each other. So it's it's no surprise to me their dynamic on the film based on the fact that they just had such a history together. They just yeah. it felt like homegirls. So it was those three overall together. Just that that trio for me
0: absolutely makes the film. You beat me to it. Uh, the trio man, but if I had to pick one out of the three, yeah, Kim, man, so many things that she said, just like she's like, yeah, I gotta have a gun on me because yes, what if the I want to do-
2: conversation? Yes,
0: yeah, what if I want to have want to do laundry at midnight in my apartment place? I'm walking down there, telling him, I get raped. He's like, or you could just do laundry not at midnight. And like, I'll do laundry whenever the fuck I want to. <laughs> Like that, it just, that seems like an absolute conversation that we no, would have oh yeah it, it's hilarious and they're like oh do you have a permit for that gun it's like oh oh yeah yeah when, when i joined the fbi they yeah i got one then <laughs> it's kim is just felt i don't know it just yeah like you said greg it felt like somebody i know just wild it's hilarious man i i loved her so katie who is your least favorite character
1: I don't know because my cat's laying on my answer.
0: Oh, wasn't it, um...
1: oh, Bella? Wasn't like the first Bella? What does it say? What does it say? Oh yeah, all the first girls, all of them together. I mean, I don't really care about Cherry. Like she wasn't really involved, but that group, the four, the four main girls that were like in the car together. Um, like Rose McGowan's character wasn't really a part of it. I, I don't care. She was fine. But the four other girls that were the group, like the the ones that he killed first, uh, they were garbage. And the reason I hate the beginning of this movie. Greg.
2: <laughs> I would say... I don't really... It's definitely least favorite as opposed to dislike because I don't think I necessarily dislike anybody in this film. <laughs> Yeah, like everyone serves their purpose. Um, So least favorite, though, I didn't dislike her. My least favorite would have to probably be, I guess, Rose McGowan's character because she just has the least to offer to no fault of her own. I mean, that's just her role. But I mean, there was just more to everybody else and they had more to do. So she's the most minor, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it, in terms of plot itself, if we were going that route, obviously you could say stuntman mike or you could say the filmmaker that never shows up to the bar and breaks jungle
0: (laughs) right (laughs) he's like i'll be there no i ain't gonna (laughs) (laughs) that's fucked up
2: (laughs) so they got their they got they got their weed so that was all that mattered for them
0: right so it, it was tough for me to figure out someone that I was my least favorite character i guess eli roth and that was eli roth in the movie the ones that came up with the plan of getting the first set of girls drunk when I mean, we get these bitches drunk and then we can go to the beach house with them you know so or lake house you know, beaches in texas but uh i guess i didn't really care about them and they were like okay we'll do jaeger shots like no one's gonna take a jaeger shot he's like well we get them drunk first yeah, they'll, they'll take a free Jaeger shot.
1: Idiots.
0: And he had this plan, but, man, when he was making fun of Stuntman Mike, he's like, he, Betty got that scar from falling out of his time machine. I laughed. That's a funny fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Eli Roth and his buddy trying to get the girls drunk enough to, like, make it home with them. I guess they were my least favorite. Like,
2: yeah. I think I this is my first time watching this film post-Inglorious Bastards yes this is my first time realizing that like when i are watching watching the guys that are you know hitting on him in that bar i'm like oh man that's antonio margarete and dominic de coco right there yeah i had never i never made that
0: realization before oh yeah and it makes sense like it's his movies he probably loves these guys and it's like yeah man, you want to be in my movie like hell yeah man <laughs> want to kill some nazis like y- yes i do <laughs> okay love it so let's do seven word synopsis (laughs) oh i wrote them down i didn't put them on my phone so huh go ahead okay uh my first one is dave d dozy Mitch mentioned titch seven words my next one k roll their eyes uh my next one was a line from kim it's one of my favorites uh people who have knives they get shot (laughs) why don't you have a knife on you i'll get shot and my last one that car crash was savage as fuck so they actually wanted to have the car crash happen on a freeway like on a bridge and then the cars hit they go off and then another car with women crashes into that one so stuntman mike just caused even more women to like have horrible lives and they were like that's a bit much so they just had it on just a single road. But yeah, it was going to be even worse car crash. Katie. Uh,
1: Cringiness first 20 minutes nearly ruins movie. Greg.
2: (laughs) Do you like this film at
1: all, Katie? Like I said at the very beginning, (laughs) the back half of this movie is fantastic. As soon as you get to the second group of girls, this movie is great. Had they never had the first group of girls, this movie would be 10 out of ten but that so, first that first group of girls that entire scene in the Mexican restaurant bar thing is garbage
2: like so just like a curiosity have you considered how you might have kept it like it's full length full length featured? with just that first group of girls like what what would you have in place of that first part but using the second group of girls have, have you considered that just curious
1: just i would have just made the chase longer like him stalking them longer them noticing that he's stalking them like you could have done the yeah. whole thing him showing up to their movie set they're working on a like seeing them do their live their regular lives the problem the problem i have with the beginning of this movie is not that we you know let me say how do i say this the thing the only thing i like about the beginning of this movie is that it shows his insanity you get to see kurt russell's insanity and need to kill Okay. And I know that that was the point. My problem with the first half of this movie or the first set of girls is that they are literal garbage people. Okay. They walk into this bar and every moment we see them alive, they are absolute shitty ass humans. They are talking shit about every other female in the bar, calling people sluts, acting like bitches to each other. The dudes are cringy as fuck that they're with because they're trying to basically date rape them. Like, and then I hate the feet thing. Like, I don't have a problem with feet. Like, I'm not like, some people I know are like scared of feet. I don't have a problem with feet. But the fetishizing of feet that fucking Quentin Tarantino is obsessed with I hate that shit in his movies like that is it's just gross and I hate it and it's so obnoxious and over the top in this first half of this movie with the girl like constantly with her feet up in cars which is dangerous as fuck and then just every time you see her in the bar it's like look at her fucking feet it's horrible like their characters suck and they ruin what could have been a like what could have been a 10 out of 10 for me. But those first girls are trash.
2: That's fair. Just curious.
1: Yeah. It's like slut shaming and shit talking and just garbage. They're garbage. <laughs> Greg, seven word synopsis.
2: All right. When Road Rage and Revenge Appropriately Collide (laughs) I just now thought about using I just now realized I used the word collide Didn't even consider that part And when being a psychopath Goes
0: horribly awry Yeah, keeping it real, man Goes wrong Like be playing on my car (laughs) So this film Came out well As a package deal with Planetair April 6, 2007 so what do you guys think the budget for I guess this part of the film? Okay. Or both? I, I have I, both. Yeah.
1: I wrote I wrote like this film and the other film. I have both numbers. Mm-hmm. So for this film specifically, I said $500,000 and for the budget altogether, I said 2 million because the other film has a lot more like gore and the cast is huge and there's a lot more action, and it's not just like four
0: people in two cars. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Greg,
2: you didn't tell me I was going to have an opponent today. I didn't know we were. Re- I didn't know. I didn't know Katie was
0: rejoining us today. So I already know. <laughs> okay, so I'll just bring it up with Katie. That's fine. So the budget was thirty million. So oh my
1: god! I
0: don't know if that's that
1: had to have been both
0: films. Probably. Uh, I know they. Probably destroyed at least two 1970 Dodge Challengers.
1: Yeah, that's uh, like that's like dollars. 200, $200, like, yeah,
0: and that's- <laughs> I mean it's a lot of driving and stuff, but it's really not that much. It's just, no, it's not you know them sitting in spots in Austin, and, and I don't know if they went to Tennessee for the road scenes. I mean, what, I think that
2: thirty million. I think that thirty million is just for just for death proof. Yeah,
1: how the fuck?
2: I know. I know. Because if you look at Planet terror it's a different number.
0: Yeah.
1: What a waste of money. Ooh. Like, like, not, not to say that this movie's shit, but like, you, Quentin Tarantino got $30 million to do this movie and he cast 10 people and six cars and that's what, like that cost $30 million? Learn how to fucking budget, dude. 30 million dollars
2: probably all the stunts with the cars probably because all those all those stunts were legit so every time you wreck one that that car is done and then you move on to the next one so
1: yeah i know i know but they had they had the girl's car and the car that he had at the beginning like the two cars from the beginning then he got another car and they had the yellow car and the white car and we're gonna say they probably had two of each of those at least for all of the stunts and stuff so we're looking at 10 cars even if those cars were fucking teslas okay that's only like five million dollars maybe 30 million your biggest star was kurt russell who hadn't done a film in 10 years how 30 million's insane
0: can't say anything about money i i just assume it was just a lot of stuff and probably he gets a lot of money so, so the budget, uh, what do you think the, the box office was, Okay,
1: For this, well, now it's completely skewed because the fucking, I said $60 million.
0: <laughs> The box office was $31.1 million. So there's a couple of things that tie into this. Yeah, I remember this was a double feature and a lot of people didn't want to deal with the double feature. Uh, our theater was fucking full. It was great. I mm-hmm. saw it like three, four times in the theater. But there were a lot of things to it. And they did release this film by itself. And it got a lot of positive reviews for the stunts and the just the way it looks and the way the movie went. It felt old school. A lot of people said the pacing was a bit much. But that's what happens when you do the tricky turn of hey, all these people, you think are the main characters? They're not. <laughs> and they've been here way too long, so you think that they're the main characters. Now they're all dead instantly. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that, this
1: I, movie costs $7 million more than Planet Terror. Yeah. They had Josh Brolin in Planet Terror. Rose McGowan was there the whole fucking time.
0: Oh, some of those people just did that just like favorite kind of things. Like Bruce Willis was there just for a couple of days. and he's There like, was so um, much yeah.
1: guts and like explosions and I don't understand.
0: Yeah. It's fine. I don't know. I, I've never made a movie. I don't know how financially this works. But I
1: think I think Death Proof was a producer's situation. Like a springtime for Hitler situation. They <laughs> Just like uh, we spent 30 million and here's two sets of books.
0: So yeah. So <laughs> Because. so uh like i said like tarantino says that this is probably his worst like oh, what's the word uh, the worst accepted film that he's made you know money wise it's probably for sure the financially the worst one he's ever made
1: grindhouse is the worst as a whole
0: well, well technically that's robert Rodriguez the other half and that one did better financially i believe so his his half of it this is like his worst movie and like he said if this is my worst movie, fuck, I'll take it man, like I, he, like I said he thought this movie was amazing So, um, it, yeah, it's just like uh, Kevin Smith Kevin Smith makes constant poopy movies that like Tusk did not make its money back, but he's like I'm happy making these so I guess that's all that really matters, that he's happy making the, the shit movie, so uh, does anybody have anything else to say about Death Proof? Check out the behind the scenes if you get the chance. That's, that that stunt stuff is man is incredible. Yeah, old school wow. car stunts, man. Those people did not care about themselves back in the day.
2: Those those stunt drivers, other than Zoe, those stunt drivers were not young. They weren't decrepit, but they were
0: man. they were seasoned
2: for sure. See, yeah, one, of not- the, one of the main stunt drivers, actually, his his family was there watching. Jeez. As he was pulling off these stunts and filming. And I could not imagine being a family member and then every single stunt, you have to see the stunt, see, the, see him flip in a car, see people rush to the car to make sure he's okay and then just wait for the signal that he's okay. I could not imagine doing that. Right. You know, watching a lot of the, the special features was was a good, a good watch for sure. So right. it's, it's worth it to take a deep, even, even if people don't necessarily love the film, Taking a look into the background of, of the stunt drivers and, Zo- and Zoe Bell specifically, it was worth the watch for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't know how I'd feel if I was married to a stunt person. Well, Greg, what if your wife was a stunt person? And you just watch her just explode multiple times. <laughs> I'd have had a heart attack already. Yeah, that'd be so fucking weird. He's like, yeah, I'm going to run this car into this wall going 120 tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah i mean that's the stunt i'm like that's a stupid ass stunt. That freak what? you out i don't know the first couple of times i guess but
1: as much as you go on about strong women and badass women and all these women from movies who just literally is their whole fucking job to kick ass the women you're watching do the actual ass kicking are the stunt women so like if i was a stunt woman you'd just spend your whole life turned on
0: <laughs> yeah like, i'd we, be what happy would you even you wouldn't I'd still even... be bothered <laughs> But, also ter- but, but just te- also terrified. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mean I don't care about you. Yeah. It, it's awesome what you're doing. I'm still like, God damn. So I just be a nervous wreck all the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so if you have any other cool fun facts about Quentin Tarantino Films, you can tweet us at. Allentown Pod. We have an email. It is. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook ad. Allentown Presents. So um, I want to say he has, what, 10 movies, Mr. Tarantino? I believe films. So um, you're we, only counting
2: ones that he. You're only counting ones that he directed, right?
0: Yeah. Well, after, I mean, I mean, he worked with a lot of other films, but probably just the ones he directed. I haven't seen Natural Born Killers in a hot ass minute, but he just. Geez, I don't think right. That doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. I don't
2: think.
0: So the ones he directed, uh, I believe it's eleven if I count it right so we've done a few so like we've already done kill bill kibbles and um uh inglorious bastards so that means we still have a couple of the new new ones that we've done uh that one act play fucking western that we talked about a lot on here because we love it The hateful eight it's still out there pulp fiction i fucking love pulp fiction so um but yeah this month we're gonna pick through the quentin tarantino films and we're gonna review them so Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back very soon with another Tarantino film. Okay, bye, guys.
2: Bye. He wore a red bandana. He played a blue piano. Her down in Mexico. Down in Mexico.
0: In Mexico. I
2: don't know the words down in Mexico. I don't know the words. Ha 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 ha.